Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fish Nerds, the show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, and your best friend. And I got a special co-host tonight, Mr. Dave Kellum. Dave, how are you tonight? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. I'm doing, yeah, surprisingly well, given everything. Happy Dave Fest, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Dave Fest, the week-long celebration of my birthday, but it's really, Dave Fest is for everyone. Everyone's birthday this week. (laughs) It's true, and especially the Daves in the world. So if you have a special Dave, or even an unspecial Dave, especially an unspecial Dave, uh, go out and give Dave a hug. For all the Daves in your life. <laughs> That's right. These are the Daves we know. Hug a Dave today. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, before we talk, catch up a little bit, we're going to talk about what's going to be on the show tonight. We're going to talk about why fishing in November is so challenging. I describe it as sucking. Um, we're going to talk about National Podcast Posting Month. We'll do a little check-in. Tim Beat and the Crappie Hippie are here with Lure Love. And, of course, we will have the news but first, we need to catch up with Dave Kellum because we don't see Dave very often. And so it's your birthday this week, but also, I mean, you, you've been fishing too a little bit in November. Uh, I have been poking around. Uh, one of the nice things was I didn't put the boat away this winter yet. It's still an option, which is always, uh, which is is always good. It's funny when I first got the boat and I was all super careful. I put that thing away right away and took great care of it. And now I'm like, oh, you know, I'll leave it one more weekend. It'll be one more time and all of this. And uh, But it was nice. I went out. It was one of those really great fall 70-degree days. And uh, got got out there because the crappie are all stacking up. And um, it was just heaven. It was heaven poking around, warm weather, catching crappie here and there. Awesome. So, yeah, crappie. Crappie. Yeah, I haven't caught any fish in November. I never have caught a fish in November. I hate November. It is There's nothing worse than November for fishing for me. I went this morning to uh, to one of my favorite ponds uh, that they stock heavily with broodstock um, brook trout. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know the pond I'm talking about. I do know the pond. Really big. And, and I'm, I'm seeing pictures on Facebook of people catching these brook trout, fly fishing, and all that stuff. So mm. I went out there this morning about brand new boots. And uh, immediately stepped in, stepped in the water past top of my boots. <laughs> and the water must have been 36 degrees. The wind yep. temperature was about 19 degrees. And it was breezy out. I, <laughs> I made about six casts <laughs> and then uh, hooked my lure in a tree, broke off, and went home angry. That was, curse November. Oh, I hate November. I hate it. I hate November. I hate it. You know, the truth is, is like it's, November's too cold, but not cold enough. It it does throw those those curveballs of warm weather, and I've actually learned over the years now that I'm at an advanced age. Okay, so yep. this is a little bit of wisdom I'm dropping. I'll take you. it. All right, all right. Uh, I've learned to not get suckered in to like fishing those fishing in in the ways you would in the summer. Um, now I know that there's going to be a lot of listeners out there who go, Dave, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, but that's part <laughs> of the advantage of getting old. Right, like, it doesn't matter. Right, impart your old timer knowledge. Exactly. And as, as I get older and older, it's going to be harder and harder to s- shut me up on these things. But, but you'll start in the middle of stories then. You'll, you won't have, there will be no beginning of a story. It'll be just like, hey, it's Jimmy John Johnson down over there. And he did that thing that time. I remember when Pood Felton went across the creek. And that was my neighbor, by the Pood way. Pood Felton? Pood. His name was Pood. His mom didn't love him. Yeah, I know. Pood Felton. Poor, 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 old, was a nice poor old Pood. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I've learned, and I actually learned this from um, several people, but uh, Tim Moore actually was one of the first people to take me out crappie fishing in the fall. He's good at it. He is good at it, and I keep going to that same spot. And, uh, you know, the, you, I, I think the trick is try, just trying to zero in on those sure things like that and not get suckered into like oh maybe i could catch a bass here maybe i could do this or that so so changing up to what actually wants to eat yeah and just just you know find something that works and stick with it Hmm. november is not a month for chances no and my problem is i've never found anything to work for me in november so i've I've been sticking with what doesn't work which is uh, just hating the month of november 
and waiting. Right, and that's been consistent for, for you, right? Yeah, like, very. I've been... never liked it. I don't like yeah. April either. Same reason. Yeah, and you're never disappointed necessarily, right? Because you're getting what you expect. Well, I'm always disappointed, but I'm used to it. <laughs> I am. Yeah, you're, I am... you're like the. You're like the Hulk. Instead of always mad, your secret is you're you're just always. That's my secret. I'm always disappointed. You know, it's like when your dad says, "I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed," and then you feel extra bad. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Wish you would just, just be mad carry- at me. <laughs> and you just carry that with you all the time. Always. I just like that dad disappointment. Yeah. Yep. Good at it. Right. Now I'm putting that on my kids too. I'm not mad <laughs> nice. at you. Just just disappointed. Just disappointed. We're like they're like yeah yeah we know we know yeah. You just heard it before. You're always disappointed, Dad. God, stupid. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but the other problem with November is the temp is the air temperature. Like I, you in midwinter, like February, if it mm-hmm. was 22 degrees out with a light breeze and sunny, like today was, mm-hmm. I would have been fine. I would not have been cold. But today, my hands were cold. I couldn't work the fishing reel. Yeah, I wasn't acclimated yet. So November for me also, it's just the temperature sucks. It's no, you're absolutely right. The acclimation is a real thing, right? And I think once again, you know, your body is stuck in a warmer time and you think, oh, you know what? It's just last week. It was great. And then all of a sudden it's not. So, uh, yeah, because, you know, by spring, when a 40 degree day hits, you think it's freaking summer. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm taking my pants off. It's great. I know. <laughs> we all know, Clay. We really, this year, we want you to stop that. This year, okay? we keep our pants off in uh, yes. 2021. It's the only way 2021 will be better by than 2020 is if I keep my pants on. That's uh... right. <laughs> pants on April. That's that's what it's known at, yep. around here as for Clay. It's funny. Um, when my friend was in college, we made a movie with him uh, called Man Sans Pants. And it was all about all about a man who did not understand the concept of pants or, that, or he couldn't even see them. So we in the city of Manchester, New Hampshire, we went, filmed all these scenes. Where every scene we'd film twice, one with pants on, and then one we'd take all our pants off and film them again right downtown in the city because we had to show his point of view and then real life <laughs> because he could not see pants, man sans pants. <laughs> so, Whatever happened to that production? I, you know, I've never saw the movie. So, no, go figure. Yeah, it didn't win any awards. <laughs> That's a surprise. It's the best idea ever. It, was, it is the best idea, actually. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, but you're only 20, you know, 25 once. <laughs> Right. And it just, yeah, nothing's going to stop you at that point. Oh, well, good. Well, you know, that's another thing with age because your desire to have your pants on also diminishes as you get older. Good. You pull them up much higher though when you wear them. You do. When you have them on, they're up there. (laughs) Otherwise, you know, I'm like, I'm going out, I'm walking the dog out in the front yard with no pants on and it's really everybody else's problem. It's not mine at this point. It's their problem. (laughs) Their problem. You know, if they don't like it, they should just look somewhere else. How's your wife feel about that? Um, she she's known it for a while. <laughs> she accepts it. Yes, it's the way it is. All right. Well, Dave, it's uh, National Podcast Posting Month. I don't know if you've been keeping up at all, but this month we... I I got my shopping done for it. Did you? Good. Yeah. There's, there's there's no shopping days left. I know. I know. <laughs> I, it was it was a good month. But go ahead. Yeah. So it was that's National Podcast Posting Month, and that's t- stolen from the the uh, Nano Remo, one of the National Novel Writing Month, and. I hate them both because I hate saying them. <laughs> I wish you could just like like these initialisms don't work so well, you know. Initialisms. Well, yeah, yeah. It's not a what? What do you it's call? Not it? an acronym. Acronyms say words, right? Oh, and initialisms don't. Oh, just a bunch of letters. Nano's so it's not a word. What's that? I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, initialisms are just letters stringed together, but yeah. I didn't know that acronyms are words. So like. Wow, I, I learned things. But I guess if it's a made-up word, is it initialism or an acronym? I don't know. Because NASA is not a word, but it's an acronym because you can read it. I I thought everything was an acronym, so this is all new to me. Right. Well, don't even get me on the difference between lecterns and podium, podiums because then it's game over. So <laughs> then we just ruin the whole show arguing <laughs> things that don't matter. <laughs> But, All right, Na- National Podcasting Month. Yeah, so every day this month we've been we've been taking um, we've been telling a new fishy joke every single day of the month, and we haven't got any funny jokes. That's just um, I think maybe well no we got, I got one today, and that's it. The rest have been jokes I've found on the internet, or my kids have found, or other listeners have called in with. Then so we're hoping that people we have just a few days left. 
Well, give us a call, 607-378-FISH, and give us a funny fish joke to end the month out. We'll, oh. t- we'll take the bad ones, too. They're all fun, but they're not. some of them aren't that <laughs> I'm, I'm well, being... it's, you know, humor in 2020 has been a call, you know, uh, that that's a big order, <laughs> mm. I think. It's a tough one. And, it and, is a tough and one. And it's, it's also hard, like, when, you, when you're on a microphone all by yourself with no audience to push record and be funny. It is. There's no feedback. There's nothing. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that is tough. And I do, actually, honestly, I do um, feel for those people, those comedians that are having to do Zoom and be funny virtually. Oh, God. <laughs> you know? That would be death. And have you watched, I know you're a big fan of sports. Oh, the sports, yes. I know you like the sports. I, you know, on my radio job, I have to do sports <laughs> news. I have, to, I have to write the news about sports. And I'm always like, I, I go, I have, we have the AP news feed, like they, we pay for. So we have all like the real news. And, mm-hmm. and they're like, there's like Boston Bruins, there's, there's like football teams. Uh, I, I can't name any. Um, and then other like like American sports. And I always find like the Lithuania like, you know, like teams. And the, like so every time I have to do the sports news on the radio, and that's not very often, I pick the strangest like bizarre sports because I don't care about sports. <laughs> and But no one ever complains either, <laughs> which is so strange. It's no feedback. You just you're talking into the air and hoping someone cares about it. So the semifinalists of the high lie. Uh, championship in Guam. Yeah, yeah, well, they, you know, we did that. We, I think, I covered the fish throwing competition in Florida, where they threw the fish over the over the line there. So, there yeah, you go. yeah, nothing exciting. But anyway, well, we're, we're hoping audience members will call in, you listeners will call us, and give us something to end the month with. Uh, right. Well, my only point of bringing up the sports thing is, is that you know, if you watch a national football game right now on TV, they pipe in the audience applause. Oh, like the whole audience reaction. Of people. Yeah. You've done it. I can play. <laughs> so, uh, so I think that's that. Maybe, maybe the answering machine should have the laughter, sort of pre-laughter, so people think, oh, you know. Oh, can you do that? Funny. Is there a way to do that where you have it so it's it comes on while the person is reading, recording their joke? It would be great, wouldn't it? I you know, like possible. you put it on a five-second delay and it just. Blah! <laughs> and like I wasn't done yet, or I wasn't calling about that. My grandmother died. <laughs> Ah, you're a peach. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, oh, inappropriate laughter. I get the wrong thing, you know. It's a tax, yeah. tax collector Colin, you know. <laughs> uh, hello, You've uh, been Mr. served. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, let's check. In. <laughs> let's check in with the crappie hippie and Tim Beat, and they're talking this week about lure kits. Dave, have you used lure kits? Lure kits. Yeah. No. No, I remember when we worked for Audubon, you had you used to cuss a lot by saying fur kits. Do you remember that? <laughs> fur kits? Yeah. So we used to be able to get the fur kits from, <laughs> which were these big bins full of furs for teaching yeah. stuff. And they were called fur kits. And you would walk around the nature center going, fur kits. <laughs> and like you were cussing. It was your joke. You don't remember that? Oh, I've forgotten more jokes than I've... I've... <laughs> Can remember. Well, it wasn't that so. good. All right, here we go. <laughs> Lure love, I can't get enough. Got a space in my tackle box, just got to fill it up. Lure love, I can't ever stop. Don't got a basement, got an underground tackle shop. Hey, everybody, this is Crappie Hippie, your tree-hugging redneck from eastern Kansas, and welcome to Lure Love. And our topic for tonight, our good friend and essayist, Mr. Tim Beat, has come up with a great topic for tonight on lure kits. Let's get into this right away. What are we going to talk about this week in terms of lure kits, Tim? Well, John, I love lure kits. It's a great way to test a new lure type if you haven't fished with it before because a lot of these kits, you know, they give you a small selection, maybe some different colors, different sizes of a of, of a lure type. And uh, last month, I stumbled across this article, and it was titled "The Best Fishing Lure Set," and it's on the Chicago Tribune website. So I'm thinking, well, this is great. 
but I'm a little bit skeptical as I start to read some of the things that they're saying on the on this site. And it becomes clear to me that the reviewer doesn't know a lot about what he's reviewing. The article starts out, the you know, if you're looking for the best lure collection on the market, read our helpful shopping guide. And we've compared dozens of lure sets and yada, yada. But some of the things that he talked about, it, and uh, he, he clearly didn't know what he was reviewing. So I thought, let's go to the expert, the crappy hippie and Tim Bede and talk about some lure sets. Let's do it. Let's do it. That one of the things the article said at the beginning, and this is what made me skeptical, is it said, a jig combines all the visual and sonic appeal of spoons and spinners. And I'm thinking, <laughs> it, if there's a lure that has no sonic appeal, it's a jig. The thing just kind of floats down in the water, unless it's something like the, the crappy dueler or something that has spinners on it. But I, when I read that, I thought, what has this guy been smoking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pass it around, man. I mean, it's like, come on, they, you know, you can't dead stick a spinner. I mean, it, it's the spinner needs energy, so you're gonna have to do put some energy out to make it work. Um, no, the, the, that's just crazy. The jig is the ultimate finesse bait, you know. But sometimes you want to be quiet, and sometimes you want to just make a supernatural minnow swimming along quietly. Uh, you're not out to anger the fish. You're not out to get a reaction. You're not out to attract him from 10 yards away in the lake. You just want to swim a bug right in front of his face. That's your jig, baby. That's, you know, that's a lure that you can just hold still. Yeah, that's uh, complete. like I never fished in my life type comment. <laughs> and, and then the guy goes on to, the, the writer goes on to say, if an angler wanted to invest in a higher end fishing lure, it would most likely be a jig. And I'm thinking jigs are the most cost-effective lure that's out there. It's not like a $20 crankbait. I mean, you can buy some inexpensive jigs that are very, very effective. Absolutely. And, and you know, what I would tell this person that wrote this article, let's just take jig out of that and put plug in instead. Some of these swim baits can get up over a hundred bucks, uh, especially if they're the ones coming from Europe. Yeah, for pike. Uh, that's and where you're musky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pike, musky, big, you know, Lakers. People are, are trying them on all kinds of stuff. They started out, of course, for bass, and you know, guys like muskies eat big fish like that. Why shouldn't I be trying that here? A jig is crimping a split shot to a jig hook, taking your mom's polyester thread, <laughs> shredding up a, a, a leaf off your sister's ballet costume or dance costume or feather boa, taking that tie that to a hook and get on down to the lake and get fishing. You know, it's the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate in poor boy fishing. Is it jig. sure is. So I looked up this guy. I said, well, who is this reviewer? And this author, he writes a lot of reviews. And let me tell you some of the things that he's reviewed. He's reviewed the best digital keyboards, the best invisible fences, meal replacement shakes, hand dryers, weather vanes, canister vacuums, roach killer and beard watch. And so I'm thinking, this guy is either a genius can can review anything or he doesn't know anything about any of these topics. Yeah, you know, beard wash. Come on, we gotta look this up. There's a lot of nerds that can use that beard wash. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you wonder, does he, you know, what do you need an invisible fence for, dude? Do you even have, you know, what do you got? A goat? Or is it just for your dog? Or do you even have a dog? The interesting thing is the the set lure set that they most highly recommended, it was a hundred piece set. And the company had seen their name before. It was um, Placino. And so I look up Placino to see who this company is. I think it was a, a foreign manufacturer. <laughs> and, and their website says that they specialize in Bluetooth speakers, iPhone cases, fishing gear, and all kinds of gadgets. So these guys, these guys are not fishing experts. No, no. And, and they're clearly on the, the, the gadget end of that. So there's a hundred pieces in this set, but 30 of them are things like swivels and beads. There's three plastic worms, but 14 worm hooks. Cause we, we all know that we lose a lot more worm hooks than worms. I mean, what a crazy ratio that is. Right. <laughs> and then there's, there's 15 plastic grubs that are all too small for the worm hooks. And there's four very large jig heads that are too large for the grubs. So the, the whole thing is just a total, it's like a, a grab bag of random um, pieces. But with that said, the set was only 30 bucks and it did have some spinner bait, some topwater frogs, some plugs and uh, some spoons and things like that. So there's some value. But what I find with some of these kits is you get some things that are useful to you, but a lot of stuff that you're never going to use. Like one of the things in this kit was it had six, six inch wire leaders. And I'm thinking, unless you're fishing for pike or something, who is using those things? So there are things that would just sit in your tackle box and gather dust because you're never really going to use them. 
Yeah, and I think then, especially in the wire, leaders are getting a little broad. Uh, that you know, it might be an Asian thing or or a Mediterranean, you know, Europe thing, where they're thinking, hey, everybody needs wire leaders because they're thinking ocean fish for maybe for some of this, or maybe they're just trying to cover too much ground. And yeah, I think it became a deal where oh, we can get these baits for this much and these baits for this much, and then you just kind of cram it all together and call it a kit. But it has just a fuzzy sort of notion about what it's for you know, it's for fishing, but we're going to have to narrow it a little bit. And I find that the best kits, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but the best kits have a kind of a focus to them. A MAPS kit is going to give you MAPS spinners. You know, we know that, but even MAPS is going to tip that kit toward musky. It needs a different type and size spinner than brook trout. So, you know, we get companies and people that really know they're fishing are, are, are much better source because they're going to give you a focused kit that can actually um, help you with your fishing rather than just a kit by a non-fisherman, you know, for someone that is a non-fisherman. And if they get a bunch of junk, then they'll probably fish, you know, then we'll lose them because, you know, they won't be a fisher long if they have to go out and contend with not having success and their equipment's breaking and, and so on. So pick a lane, get in it, drive hard. Those are your better kits. Yeah, I agree with you, John. So like MEPS, as you mentioned, they have the spinner kits, but they have a bass kit, a trout kit, pike, walleye. And the, they, the kits tend to be pretty good deals. So like the, the MEPS, their walleye kit, you get six spinners for 33 bucks. Uh, now, these are really, these are high-end, um, high-quality brass bodies, copper and brass blades, assembled in the USA about 550 each when if you bought them individually you might pay 7 or 8 bucks so you get to test out quite a few different lures different colors and and sizes and things and you're saving about 10 bucks so it's a, a pretty good deal yeah it's it's a really good deal a quality product that that runs runs right uh, we talked about cheap spoons inline spinners is another area where you're going to pay uh, because your cheap ones will, will roll and you don't want them rolling. They will not spin true. You get that. Uh, I mean, Matt's been making this a long time. They're the number one. Um, Rapala might be the biggest lure company, but Maps is the number one lure in the world still um, because they're, they're, they're great. And I'll tell you, if you've ever um, torn one apart and you know what pain this would cause, uh, me <laughs> being the cheapest guy on earth to take a $6 spinner and tear it apart. But, uh, sometimes you do have to, to break the rattle to know how it works. And, uh, I did that. Uh, I've done it a few times and, um, there's more to a maps than meets the eye. They've got that little, they've got little buzz beads and little rattle beads and stuff up inside a lot of those bodies. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't know about that. That gives them a little extra hum, a little extra thrum, but so it's for clever ideas like that. And like you say, super good quality materials, you know, uh, you're not going to break a maps, but you are going to scream when you lose one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. So what I started to think, John, was I thought, I don't really like this lure set that they recommended. And I started to think, what if I was wanted to buy a Christmas gift for somebody who was just starting out fishing and say he had 50 bucks and I wanted to buy them not hooks for bait and sinkers and things, but just a good kind of lure assortment. And so I went on online, started to look at some different products. And what I put together is I think a, an excellent lure kit of my own making made up of the smaller kits like you're recommending for 50 bucks. Uh, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Are you, are you going to run us through it? Yeah, I'm going to run it through And So for me, I was looking at, at something that where you could catch like bass, trout, panfish. You know, when you're younger, you're starting out and um, you just want to kind of test some different things. So the first thing that I, I picked was a Yum Ned Rig Essentials Kit from Bass Pro Shops. It's only eight bucks. It has three different types of plastic baits. You get um, five stick worms, five Ned minnows, and five Ned crawfish and two jig heads. So great way to test out if you're, I, I love Ned rigs. I'm a big believer in Ned rigs. They catch a lot of fish. This is a great way to, to start out and uh, figure out, do you like fishing a Ned rig? Oh, well, yeah, or just any jig. I mean, you're after my, my own heart. You know, I keep, everyone wants to call it a Ned rig, but it's just a mushroom head with a, you know, uh, Ned Katie, when he thought that up, just had all these plastic worm scraps and he, he basically, you know, came up with this little jig that stands up vertically so you can fish it 
and that'll rock back and forth. And he wanted, you know, get people into finesse fishing the hundred bass day. And the Ned rig will uh, certainly do that. I, I, I love this first choice. You know, I'm a, I'm a jig diehard and uh, uh, it, it's brilliant. So the second kit that I looked at was a Rebel Lures Classic Critters Crankbait Set, $14.50. You may have seen these. You sell them a lot of places. It's a really good deal. It's a four-pack, and it includes a topwater plug and three crankbaits. And the crankbaits are a grasshopper, a crayfish, and a minnow. Now, these often sell for $6 each, but it's $14.50 for the set. So an excellent price. I have caught a ton of fish on these. They're not huge, but it's a good assortment. I, it's fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous company. Right after uh, Rapala, you have the, the American-made you know, Rebels. And the um, more I hang out with you, the more curious I get about grasshopper lures and some of these stuff that, that are not... <laughs> generally on my tabletop uh when i go to select but uh uh you you've got me interested so i and of course i love this for a kid i love this for a kid it's a minnow it's a cricket you know it's a grasshopper it's a popper these give him different depths different actions different animals uh, that he can feed to the fish and what a fantastic product yeah and those grasshoppers i tell you they are great if you're fishing for smallmouth great lure the, now, now, the third kit is my favorite spinner by far is Panther Martin. I just, since I've been a kid, I have loved those. And I found for 11 bucks, a Panther Martin is the Western Trout set. You get three spinners for 11 bucks, which is, uh, these are uh, one eighth ounce, really good deal. And um, spinners, what what a great thing for somebody starting out fishing. You, know, you cast it out, you reel it in, the fish pretty much hook themselves on it. Great lure. Absolutely great lure. I recommend, you know, people ask, you know, what, what would be the one lure you'd stick in the hands of a, of a kid, uh, you know, this, on his first trip with uh, away from the bait bucket trying an artificial lure? I'm going to say spinner. Um, I, you know, where you're at and you know, the kind of environments you fish in, yeah, I'd go with an inline like a, a Panther Martin or, or a Maps or what have you. But, and then of course, here we're a little more scummy weedy here. <laughs> in kansas so i like the old beetle spin i like the old uh overhead jig spinner um, yeah and we will talk about the guy that invented that um in another show but uh yeah I, i'm with you on the panther martin and of course hey fish nerd listeners i know we got a strong strong panther martin advocacy uh <laughs> if, I, if fish nerd facebook groups any indication so your fearless leader tim is right here with you on the panther martin it's 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 a great design it, it works great and while a spinner may not be the best lure for anything it's a great lure for everything absolutely my fourth choice was back to the jigs again i'm a big jig fan it's the uh the trout magnet but not the, for the trout it's the panfish magnet set so this is 13 bucks on amazon you get 70 split tail grub bodies in seven different colors now these grub bodies they're they're bigger for panfish than they are for the trout but it also gives you 15 164th ounce jig heads they're number eight hooks and a lot of people will say, well, can I even cast a 164th ounce jig head? But you have to remember that grub body has some weight to it. So I find you can cast these and you can catch trout, you can catch bass, you can catch crappie. On, on a jig that size, you can catch about any fish. Absolutely. This is a fantastic choice because we're talking kids going to the city lake. We're talking going to the, you know, the pond. We're talking going to a place where... It's not about size, it's about catching something and, and staying busy. And um, it, this has a lot, you know, seven colors and uh, 10 of each type tail. And, you know, you get 15 heads, so you're not terrified if you have to lose one. And, of course, you can always fish them under a bobber. You can always do something to up your game there. Got a great story about the 164th uh, panfish magnet. Um I got to go last year in October. I got to go up and see Chief Executive Clay Groves, and I mean it. Zoe, his daughter, oh, man, she was beating me like I stole something. I'm telling you, she had one perch after another coming over the rails. You know, and then she'd sit down and read her book or something. I mean, that's how that's how this young lady <laughs> fishes. She And and I've got my eye on her, and I, I'm just like 16th ounce, 32nd ounce, finally, you know. I get, get down there. Got to get down because these, these perch wanted, you know, small. 
and uh, we had an absolute blast. And any kid that gets hold of this uh, aspect of this overall mega kit you're putting together, they are going to have a freaking ball. This is um, trout magnet kills me. Panfish magnet kills me because that dart heads darter head has been around. Yeah, dart head. Yeah, yeah it's been around since the '60s. Um, sometimes reinventing the wheel really does work, though, and they're very successful with this, and for a good reason. It's simple, yeah. and it produces, baby. It produces. And it comes in a kit. It's a, it, it comes, comes in a kit. nice. You know, most of these things come in a nice plastic box, so it's easy to throw into your larger tackle box. The last thing is, I didn't have a lot of money left toward the fifty, but I found for four dollars and fifty cents two Acuna two and two point four five inch hammered spoons and we talked about spoons last time these are just basic hammered spoons but another tool for for people who are starting out it's not difficult to fish a spoon you know you can jig it you can you really can't fish it wrong you can let it flutter you can reel it straight in absolutely can't fish it wrong and we already did this last week you we did. have to have a spoon or two or a dozen in that tackle box this is a great way to get started on a great lure so I ended up at all of those together, $51. So I, w- I went over by a dollar. It's, it's over 110 pieces. And you got, some, you got your jigs, you got spinners, spoons, crankbaits. If you're trying to fill a tackle box for somebody starting off for 50 bucks, this is a great way to do it. I think it's brilliant. I, and look at how bad you beat uh, Placino. Uh, you've got, you know, three times the number of pieces. I think you have 100 times the interest because these are real fishing items from real fishing companies, recognizable fishing companies, good plastics that aren't stiff, uh, good, good bill baits. They're going to run true, et cetera, et cetera. Now I commend you, Mr. Beat. This is a great kit idea for someone that wants to just, wow, that, that, that beginning artificial lure angler with a, a fantastic selection of lures in that ultralight to light action, medium action range. You've got it. You've got us covered, baby. You got us covered. Well, let's hope this Christmas some kids come down under the tree and this is what they find because they'll be happy to get it. Absolutely. I know I and I know some older people that might uh you know celebrate that kid as well. Hey, I'd be happy to get it. It wouldn't bother me a bit, baby. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Good, good deal. So as usual, let's go to the Lurematic computer system. First, they the let's ask the computer to rate the article in that Placino kit, and then we'll ask the Lurematic to rate my kit, and we'll see how the two compare. We'll go head-to-head, okay, John? Let's do it. (laughs) Hello, Tim and Crappy Hippie. This is the Lurematic computer system. I've been listening to your fascinating conversation about lure kits, and I am ready to rate the article from the Chicago Tribune website and Tim's lure set collection to determine which recommended lure set is best. Calculating, calculating. Warning, warning, danger, Will Robinson, intruder alert. Ha ha, that joke never gets old. Calculating, calculating. A jig does not have the same sonic appeal of a spinner. Invisible fences, weather vanes, beard wash, oh my. Not enough plastic worms and too many worm hooks. Jig heads are not correct size for grubs. Disappointing. Very disappointing. Tim's recommended set includes the Yum Ned Rig Essentials Kit, the Rebel Lures Classic Critters Crankbait Set, the Panther Martin Western Trout Set, the Trout Magnet Panfish Magnet Kit, and two Akuna Hammered Spoons. All for $51. What a bargain. Tim's recommended lure set gets a rating of 11 out of 11. The Placino lore kit recommended by the Chicago Tribune website gets a 2. Tim wins. He smoked the competition. Tim is the greatest of all time when it comes to rating lore sets. Feel free to leave a tip in the jar on my console. All right. So the Lurematic rated my lure kit an 11, but it rated the uh, that other article in that set only a 2, John. Can you believe that? I just I hit it out of the park. You hit it out of the park, and I'm not surprised. I hate to see you beat up on the week, but that kit, it was weak, and uh, I think two is being generous. So uh, that's just it. We can tell a journalist and a, and, and a fisherman that's a real journalist and a real fisherman over somebody that's just stick a product in front of me, and I'll wing it, right? Right. Absolutely. All, all praise. All due praise to Mr. Beat on the kit. 
So if there's anybody out there listening that uh, ha- that makes lures, they have their own kit, you can send it to us. We'd be glad to take a look and review it on the show. Okay. And also, we're putting together some kits at Glasswater. Um, keep an eye on the Facebook group page. And next Lure Love segment, maybe I'll be able to talk about them in more detail. But uh, it's a fun way to get people into fishing. Well, if you don't have anything else tonight, Tim, I think we're going to have to round her up. I think you've given us a lot to think about, a lot to look for, and um, it's a perfect time of year to be talking about kits. All right, until next time, this is Crappie Hippie, your tree-hugging redneck from eastern Kansas, along with our essayist and top-flight product reviewer, Tim Beach, saying tight lines and valentine. Peace out. Hundred and three, Dave. That's great. Who did that song? Uh, that is Tim Beat's daughter, and he has not told me her name, so I can't even give her credit for the song. Let's make it up. Yeah. Oh, let's, her, let's give her a name. Oh yeah. Well, Tim's a fish nerd, so her, her name is probably um, Angel. Angel's a fish name. Uh, I'm thinking Placostome. <laughs> oh, the beautiful Placostome. Yes, a beautiful name, and you can tell by the voice that that's the. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, she sounds like a placostome. So until we hear different. Placostome Tim, Beat is yep. her name. <laughs> Which actually sounds like a really cool rapper name, actually. It is, yeah. You do a little rap, Dave. <laughs> I don't think so. No. No. All right. Well, I wouldn't either. This uh, Fish Nerds episode, the podcast brought to you by Spreadem, a portable outrigger for trolling fish. It's a one-of-a-kind adjustable assistant for hooking up multiple lines to your boat without the hassle of crossing lines. Everyone that's used the prototype has loved it, and it's great for trolling fish in any boat with your friends. More lines equals more fish, and we encourage Fish Nerds listeners to support. This is a local main inventor who built this thing. He's been working on it for years, and even if you can't afford the $400 for the whole uh, piece of equipment, throwing him you know, 5 bucks, 20 bucks, every little bit helps out, helps to get his product to market. Go to kickstarter.com slash project slash spread them or just search for spread them, spread dash E-M on Kickstarter and you can help support them. We'll put links in the show notes. We also want to, go ahead. You had a a conversation with him on a recent episode, didn't you? Michael Willette, friend of mine. I've known him for, since the Fish Nerd started, he's been inventing weird fishing products. He has a lot of cool stuff, uh, but this one I think he's really nailed it on. So Excellent. Yeah, it's been really cool getting to know him and watching his progression. And I hope he uh, hope he gets to market because I, I put in the full amount. I'm I'm all in on this. One. So now he's sponsoring us. So maybe I'm getting money back. I don't know. <laughs> all right. So oh hey, it's time for the news. Did you did you bring news with you? I did. All right, hang on. Let me play our theme. News, news, fish in the news. Everybody loves Beautiful, beautiful. So today's fish. Uh, you, by the news. way, you wrote that, Dave. Uh, yeah. You wrote the lyrics for that. <laughs> I guess <laughs> back back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. Well, you yeah, my you, career as a lyricist. You had no idea. Um, yeah. <laughs> State Farm is there. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. Anyway, so this news we have a couple of good news items. This one's from the New York Times. Oh, uh, you're familiar with that. Uh, as as a full page. I've been, I've been, yes, I am. <laughs> um, the title of this is people with this mutation can't smell stinky fish. All right. By the way, before you get into this, <laughs> let's talk about COVID-19. So, okay. <laughs> so one of the, one of the side effects of having COVID-19 is your sense of smell goes away. Mm-hmm. So have you seen the like this the Schwarzman? I forget that that Swedish fish in the can that smells really bad. Yes, they have all these challenges over on face on YouTube's, and I was thinking if I get COVID, <laughs> I'm gonna do one of those videos to eat that stinky fish, and I'm gonna win. You're gonna win because you won't care, although you'll be wheezing and and well, I'll be dead after, <laughs> but I won't care. Like I'll be able to eat it. No problem. Like, like if you, if I get COVID, I I only have one lung Dave, right? So like if I get COVID, I'm short, I'm on the short list. (laughs) Right. So I have to do really cool stuff if I get sick. So I'm like, my time is limited. 
So the first thing I'm going to do when I get COVID is I'm going to eat that terrible fish, right? <laughs> yep. That's the very first thing. To, what else? What else should I do while I've got like two and a half hours and I can't breathe? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I want you to call an old workmate of mine and tell them off. Oh, no problem. <laughs> or I'll record been, it too. Yeah. Yeah, I've been wanting to really tell that person off. And if you're, you know, if you could do that for me, that would be awesome. All right, I'm in on that one. I also think about if you know what. Listeners, if you can think of anything I should do when I have two and a half hours to live and I can't breathe, give us a call, 607-378-FISH, and tell me, and if I get COVID, I'll do those things. It'll be great. We'll, we'll, leave, on a, we'll leave on a high note. There you go. Yeah. There you go. You could get your viral video with your virus. I can't so enjoy it after. Right. Yeah. And my wife won't get it. It won't, won't be right. as funny to her as to me. So the way this story goes is that researchers in Iceland, okay? You know, you can't trust those guys. <laughs> well, the opening line of this story is awesome. It says researchers in Iceland have identified a new mutant superpower. But the genetic trait probably won't gain won't be granting anyone admission to the X-Men. I was going to make an X-Men comment and they just I stole know. it. They, they stole it. They were on it. Obviously, a nerd wrote this piece. Um, but what they have found is that they studied 11,000 people in Iceland. You know, and that's too many, Dave. Uh, <laughs> Iceland only has about 12,000 people. You don't need to do that many for a good study in Iceland. Well, it's kind of interesting because 2% of the population had this genetic trait and what it is it's it's some gene that's turned off and it literally prevents you from smelling uh the chemical that makes rotten fish stink it's also the same chemical that makes urine and some body fluids stink isn't that pleasant that sounds nice dave yes but so two percent of icelanders don't aren't affected you I mean, know or have this trait you've seen how they preserve fish up there I know. Well, in other places, in other countries, it's much, much lower percentage. And they they assume they might not have even identified this if they were studying this in a different country. Hmm. So I thought that was pretty interesting. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> but the way they do this, the study participants were asked to take a whiff of the, quote, sniffing sticks. <laughs> Wait, say that again. This is a quote from the story. Study participants were asked to take a whiff of six sniffing sticks. Hashtag science. <laughs> that's for real. That's... Yeah, that's why. We, what, yeah, what do we call it? Well, it's a sniffing stick. Uh, you I, sniff it. I, I would like one. I would like one. I, I wonder how they recruited their people. It's like, psst, hey, hey. You want to sniff my sniffing stick? <laughs> like, I'm going to go, uh, after we finish recording, I'm going to go upstairs and talk to my wife. And I'm going, hey, <laughs> come smell my sniffing stick. And I'm going to see how she reacts. Yeah. I, I have a prediction. Yeah. I, I can predict her reaction. I'm not going to share it, but I can predict it. And I guarantee you I'll be sleeping on the couch. So sniffing anyway, 11,000 people were asked to sniff the That's sniffing a lot stick. Of, I hope they have video of asking each individual person to say that. Like, it's... Let's imagine the montage they can put together for YouTube. <laughs> exactly. Um, the, by the way, the sniffing sticks, there were six of them, right? <laughs> One was cinnamon, peppermint, banana, licorice, lemon, and fish. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought that was an odd choice. Of yeah. like, oh, pleasant, pleasant, pleasant. Ugh, well, you only have fish. one bad smell. Yeah, I think it's I unfair study. So I then they identify, and so they asked everybody to identify and rate the intensity and pleasantness of the odor. Mm -hmm. And they probably actually weren't even worried about the fish part. They were probably trying to do something else with the other smells. Well, what kind of fish? Um, uh, just dead, rotten fish. Oh, so it was rotten fish smell. It wasn't like, you know, smelt, fresh smelt. No, it's like bad, you know, ammonia. It's that smell. Oh, it's I that know. smell that like... You know, somebody's pissed on something that's just really gets you. Yeah. Right. Terrible. So those people, apparently, though, uh, when they smelled the sniffing stick, uh, <laughs> they actually reported smelling an aroma of caramel, potato or rose. 
Wow. From from the stinkiest ones. Yes. From the stinky, fishy things, because they have this genetic mutation, instead of rotten fish, they smell a rose. Isn't it possible that 2% of Iceland has never smelt a rose? I think that's what a rose smells like. Yeah, maybe they just know, maybe they just are guessing. <laughs> My mother told me that was caramel. I don't know. <laughs> she was feeding me rotten fish. Your your uh, Icelandic accent is amazing. You sound just like Bjork. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Very cute. <laughs> I just love the idea. Like, like. <laughs> They're just like, what does it smell like? And they just name something they've never smelled in their lives just to compare it to roses for sure. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it smells like San Diego in the fall. Have you been That's to San Diego? No. no. <laughs> uh, but I assume it smells like stinky fish. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was, that was a significant story. Um, and I wonder where they, where they use sniffing sticks in general in science. Oh boy. Um, I mean, it must be a normal scientific implement, you know, it's where, where would one, what is the science of smells called? It's gotta be a sort of aromatology. It has to be stinkology. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it's, or olfactology. <laughs> no, Olaf is the guy in Sweden. <laughs> he just melts in the summertime. Yeah. So anyway, that's fish in the news from the New York Times. Wow. Mutations. Wow. So there you go. And man, what a valuable trait that would be, right? Like if you had that, just like all the jobs you would have open to you. Like what? You know? Like a septic worker? You could, be, you could be a septic worker, sex worker. Sex worker. Um, <laughs> you know, that all smells like roses to me. Oh my God. It's all good. So, yeah, just it would just open up because 98% of the population doesn't want that job. No, no, it sounds terrible. <laughs> wow, that's that's good news, Dave. Thank you for sharing that with us. I just I just love the, no, that I, the fact that I know that there's a thing called a sniffing stick. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that's in the title of the episode this week. Sniffing stick. Yeah. Well, so we're going to go from Iceland. You're talking Iceland, right? Not Greenland. And Iceland. Iceland. And we're going to go up to Nova Scotia. And we're actually listening to a news station called uh, CBC Canada mm. about a chimera fish that was discovered up there. I hope you can hear this. Let me know how this sounds. Mm. And it's not playing. Sounds quiet. With bare hands and under science. Let me start over again. A fisherman in Newfoundland has hauled in a tail to tell. You can you hear that okay? I can. All right. And I'll pause this every so often and we'll talk over it. And my favorite thing, by the way, about this is to, to listen to the newscaster because she is, you can tell she did no research before reading this article and uh, interviewing this person. So she's coming into this very blindly and working really hard to say words. I like that a lot because that's how I do radio. You might or might not want to take a look at this. Gary Goodyear was fishing for turbot. Gary Goodyear. Is that like the most Nova Scotian name ever? <laughs> oh, it's Gary Goodyear. <laughs> Everyone in Nova Scotia is their first and last name. Uh, <laughs> the first sound letter and the last name is the name of a product. That's, you know, you have, you have Nicholas Nike. <laughs> it's a nice. law in Nova Scotia, so you have no choice. Larry Lays. I love Larry Lays. Yes. Peter Pepsi. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, that's a good name. <laughs> In the Bonavista Bay last week, his nets were down about 460 fathoms, more than 800 meters deep. So she goes from fathoms to meters. Neither one of them helps me know how deep he was going. <laughs> like, I like that she tried to clarify. Right. <laughs> Didn't help right. me one, one bit at all. How, how, 80 meters, Dave, how far is that? That's 10,000 hands. 10,000 hands, 40,000, 40 fathoms, and gosh, I have, I have no idea. I still can't guess. Tw 20 cubits. <laughs> I love it. Right. When the nets were hauled up, Goodyear was shocked to see this scary-looking something. So let me describe this fish. So it, it, it looks like a puppy dog with mm -hmm. wings and a and the tail of a, the head of a squid for a nose. 
That's the, right. Yeah, that's the best way to describe this fish. It really gruesome looking <laughs> fish, by the way. It is. It looks like. Do you remember uh, the Doctor Doolittle um, movie, the original, not the last one? Oh I, no, I only saw the most recent one with uh, with Iron Man. Oh no! This the original one had a llama that they they took two llamas and cut them in half and put them <laughs> connected them. No, did they go? Oh wait, did they when they cut them in half? Did yeah. they did they bisect them like down the middle of the forehead? <laughs> no, or they no. cut them in half in the like the on the waist, around the waist, around the waist. I don't know why one's worse than the other. They both sound pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> but it they and it was called a push me pull me. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, so they both have heads facing the opposite directions. Yes. That's gross. Yeah, and it was. A, it was. And this thing reminds me of a push-me-pull-me. Wait, which side poops? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't get into it much in Dr. Uh, Doolittle. It's a terrible movie then. Yeah. But anyway, this reminds me of a push-me-pull-me. It looks like a pretend animal. It does. It does look like a, a Susian creature. Mm-hmm. The marine biologist has identified the creature as a long-nosed chimera, a deep water species about which very little is known. And maybe for good reason. Okay, so for more on this odd-looking thing and the man that caught it, we've got him here. Gary Goodyear is... And his accent is the most Nova Scotian thing ever. He reminds me of my grandfather who's from, who's from uh, Newfoundland. So he had a kind of similar uh, way about him. Yeah, he looks like him too in Templeman, Newfoundland. Gary, good to have you on the show. Hi, how are you doing? I'm, uh, Gary, I'm okay, but I didn't catch that thing. So when you pull up the net and, oh, that thing is there, what, what, what's going through your mind? Well, I'm telling you, we were, we were all in them nets and we we're pecking out the turbot and the turbot was coming around the roller. What's a turbot? Uh, I don't know. I, mean, it's a, I don't know what a turbot is. It must, be, look some, it up. must be a fish. <laughs> I hope it's a fish. We're picking out the turbots. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you see this coming around uh, the net holler. And my God, with this big rubber nose on it. And I stopped. You mean you stopped right in your tracks. What in the hell have we got there? <laughs> and did, did any of you guys know what it was? No, nobody, nobody never had a clue. And, and, and we took it and we brought it into uh, Valley Field uh, to the fish plant where we offload. And I brought it in there and nobody in there knew it. So I took the picture and I posted it on Facebook. I said, my God. Well, <laughs> I posted it on the Facebook. Posted on the Facebook. Yeah, because that's where, when you want scientific knowledge, mm-hmm. Facebook's where you want to start. Yeah, actually, I have a fish in the news thing that references that. So let's keep that in mind. By we, the way, we will keep that. I'm not going to show. The, I'm not going to play any more of the story. You get the idea of it. But he found he caught this crazy fish. Uh, now, my first instinct, if I caught a fish that I'd never seen before, I mean, he must have already killed it because he caught it in a big trawling net, right? Right, and it was 800 fathoms down. Right, which is at like 12 feet. That, that's like 80 miles. Okay, 80 miles. Oh, that's really deep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are those 80 American miles or Australian models, miles? Australian. Oh, gosh. Those are the worst kind of miles. <laughs> yes, they are. The deadliest kind of miles. <laughs> yeah, so I think it was dead anyway. So I, I was gonna, if it was alive, I'd probably be inclined to take a picture and let it go, but he had to bring it into store. Do you think he ate it? I doubt if he ate it, oh, given yeah. his, like, you know, what the hell is that? I don't think he ate it. No, because he eats turbot. Right, and I looked up turbot. A turbot is a flatfish. Looks like a flounder. Oh, so they're trawling for they were trawling for them. Yeah, they were scooping them up. So they must be right on the bottom, which I think chimera are these bottom dwelling. Um, they have, they have a big uh, electromagnetic sensory net on their face, so yeah. that 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 uh, rostrum on that fish must just be loaded with that electromagnetic sensing ability. They were probably I don't know could have been feeding on the turbot. Could have been, could have been. But anyway, that's my fish in the news. I mostly liked his accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we should get, or you should get him and the the Boston guy that found that saw the ocean sunfish. Oh yeah, remember the baby the baby it's wheel. It's a baby whale. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should call the aquarium or something. It's wicked. Exactly. Yeah. Get both of them on talking fish. Oh my god, that'd be the most fun ever. <laughs> you got one more. I do. You got time for one we more? We got time for one more. Yeah. Okay. 
So back to your social media story, you know, you, you, you made the joke, although as often jokes backfire, this story actually does have its origins on social media. And I will tell this story. This story is from Nat Geo, National Geographic, for those that are sticklers with it. Um, that, and I will start in the middle of this story. Because you're old. And then, and then we'll get back to the title. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so this story was, was started in 2018 when a researcher and the co-author of the study on this, on this particular fish spotted a post on an Indian social media platform from a person who found and photographed an odd fish that they retrieved from their well. From their well? From their well. <laughs> so they pumped it up out of the ground and they're like, holy crap, here's a fish. And they posted it on whatever Indian Facebook is. <laughs> and uh, so- Now I need so to find out what Indian Facebook is. <laughs> <laughs> So then they, you know, that triggered these researchers to go, you know, what the hell is that? And um, turns out they had discovered this was the beginning of discovering an entire new family of fish. There are two species of this fish. And the family are called dragon snakeheads. Dragon snakeheads. Dragon snakeheads. And they're name. subterranean. They live in the aquifers of this region in India. And there are two species of these subterranean snakeheads. One of them, one species is called the golem snakehead. Oh, I love it. I love it. So here's where you insert Precious, your golem impersonation. Yes. yes. Precious snakeheads. Yes. Which I, I have a feeling like, first of all, how would you fish for subterranean fish? Like in a well? Do you, is it a shovel situation? Subter so what is subterranean? Is that underground fish? Yes, this this fish is living underground, in in the water table. Mm, you'd have to, yeah, or you could. So I had my septic pump to, out today, and good for you. Yeah, so to find the septic tank, we had to. Well, first I dug about twenty holes in the yard, never found it. And I had any fish? Nope, I had to pay a dude to come find my septic tank for me, <laughs> and he came out with a long pole and he would poke it into the earth until he felt something and then he uh -huh. marked the ground and poke again until he found something and marked the ground and then he'd dig a big hole. So I think you start by poking the earth with something until you find you know, until you hear ah precious yeah, until, oh, I, I don't like being poked. You know? Poking hurts precious hurts. Exactly. And that's and then you then you get your you get your Egan auger. But not an ice auger, an earth auger. Oh, you, like a post hole digger. Like a po well, yeah, if you're fancy, um, and then <laughs> and then you dig, a, you drill your hole there and fish that. It's like ice fishing, only you're not cold. Right on dirt. Uh, you're fishing on dirt. You stay dry. Yeah, yeah. Which actually sounds kind of pleasant. Actually, sounds very nice. <laughs> and um, and so that's the golem snakehead species, and then the other species is called the uh, Mahabali. Oh, snakehead, which I think is Indian for fucking creepy. I think is what that means. <laughs> Has to be. Yeah. But um, yeah, so snakeheads living underground. So not only are people now, you know, people should, when they hear snakeheads, they're terrified of snakeheads. Now these are underground snakeheads. Can you imagine the B movies that could be created? I can't, with... I can't wait. <laughs> it's like, like tremors only with smaller animals. So like run, right. run. And it's like, Three inch fish pops out of the ground. You're like, oh, yeah, that's it. But it's going, ah, we kill you. Yeah, we but... fight you. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's good. By the way, I found out what uh, Indian Facebook is called. Oh, what is it? Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I just nice. I looked it up. It turns out it's Facebook. Only there it's you go. in India. So good. Well, that's, yeah. that's fish in the news. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> You're welcome. News, news, fish in the news. And that wraps up the episode, Dave. I think we're all done. We need to just do thank yous and get out of here. That's good. Although I did want to, I looked up initialisms. Oh, was I wrong? Yeah, uh, slightly. I'm so an, slightly an initialism is an abbreviation consisting of initial letters pronounced separately. So like a CPU. Oh, okay. And then, so when, when you said that story is from the AP or AP. That's initialism. 
Yes. Or if you said this story is from app, that would be a, a acronym. A, acronym. I, I, I want to say anagram. I know that's wrong. So. <laughs> So anyway, just just wanted to you know just to help set me out. Records straight. All right. Well, I I I've learned almost something, and it helps. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that, mostly true. It's mostly true. That's the show. So that's it. You've uh, listened to a couple of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. Hey, thanks, Dave Kellum, for coming on the podcast. We miss you. My pleasure. Always good to be here. Thank you. <laughs> he, he, you can't see him. He's rolling his eyes while he's saying it's, it's like it's sarcasm for him is a speech impediment. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks. Yeah. Big thanks to Wally Pleasant for writing our opening theme music. Big thanks to Diane's Bath Salts for making our news story and to uh, Placostume Beat for the Lure Love music. We really appreciate your work out there. And also thanks to Tim Beat and the Crappie Hippie for that segment. Want to bring us home, Dave? Code of the Fish Nerds. So until next time. Honestly, kind of. So it goes. So until next time. Follow, until next time. Follow the Code of the Fish Nerds. Follow the Code of the Fish Nerds. Spawn early, spawn early and often. Never trust a free lunch with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get. That's it. You did it. <laughs> You made a Whether podcast. you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Just for the hell of it. Fried in a basket or broiled in a pan, eat it raw like you're in Siam, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds. It's a podcast. You did it, Dave. You made a podcast. Cool. Um, so fairly embarrassing, I forgot the end tag. Do you want to redo it? No. <laughs> God damn it. Do you want to redo it? I don't know. I just feel bad that I couldn't even remember it. Oh, I think it's funny.